Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode 18 of the Non Sequitur Podcast. Today is August 23rd, and we have five people in the room today. On my right, Amy. Across, Callie. Melissa. Carly. And I'm Luke. I, I remembered to introduce myself this time. I, I'm feeling quite accomplished. Um, so I just want to kick it off with a, a, a brief apology to at least Amy and Melissa, possibly others, that from what I have seen of the new Doctor, Doctor Who is no longer a terrible British TV show. That is oh. very true. What, what is the eyeball special that I saw the other day? <laughs> the, the eyeball special? special that you're referring to was a highlight of the greatest moments of the current Doctor. So what year did the current Doctor step in? Is it this year? Last season. So there's at least two seasons of Good Doctor? So we're on the second season. A season and a half. Okay. The special effects looked good. They were using modern cameras. The settings were all nice. It felt like a modern TV show. One of the things that happened when they brought in a new writer and as they have changed out some of the staff has been updating some of those kinds of things. Okay. And not going for the cheap special effects. It also helps that... I don't know what channel we were watching that on, but it didn't look like a bad channel. I mean, sometimes we watch, what, like BBC America or something, and it's like super grainy. It's the same channel. Same thing. Is it just the difference in TV? SD on an SD TV I think it's the difference in how they recorded it. You think so? It has anything to do with the television. Yeah. Theoretically, in Britain, they get HD versions of Doctor Who. They can get HD versions. Like they're recording it. Allegedly. And I believe so. Okay. I mean, the other shows are, right? The the Sherlock Holmes thing is, and... It's not BBC, but... Is it not? No. It's Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Okay. It seems British because it is It British is British, style. but it's... It's being paid for and aired on a it's, non-British... It's Masterpiece and BBC are creating Sherlock, and the main writer from Doctor Who is writing and is one of the executive producers and creators... Uh-huh. Of the current Sherlock series. Are, are you a Doctor Who fan, Carly? I am not. I've never watched a single one. How you about, should. H- how about Sherlock I Holmes? I don't have cable. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> Netflix. Torrents. Um, <laughs> I'm currently a, accustomed to not illegally downloading things. Okay. Netflix. Netflix. I'm trying to learn how. You have a PS3. Why don't you have Netflix? It's $8 a month. I have Netflix. I have two accounts oh, okay. of Netflix. I just Why? have been a little bit addicted to weeds for the fifth time. Like you're starting over? Like yes. season one? And Bones. Again. Melissa is a Bones fan. I, that's true. That so, is all thanks to Tiffany. And I've got Tiffany. Firefly and Buffy and Angel and... You lost me there. <laughs> many other series, but I will put it on the list. Okay, the Sherlock Holmes is pretty good from what I've it's, seen. It's yeah, a masterpiece, yeah. I would assume. And there, only three there are episodes? only three episodes currently. They are about an hour and a half long, and they're amazing. So it's more mini-series. It's like movies, At this point, yeah. yeah. They're, they're quite good. I liked it, and, and that's saying something. All right, we should probably move ahead. Again, we are going to try to stick to a 60-minute limit. That has not yet happened since imposing this limit. Uh, we actually need to hit closer to 55 minutes this week because I'm going to put in some quick little music samples as this is going to be a music-centered episode. Um, to kick things off, though, with the Indie Game Spotlight... Wait, wait, we can't kick things off yet. Why not? Well, because Amy's birthday was last week... And she turned like 15. No! <laughs> Something like that. And uh, her present had not come in time yet because of the vagaries of the delivery system. 
And I promised she could open her present on Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. And so all Amy, of you get to be mean. So Amy, I, I have your birthday present here for you to open on the air. Rip oh. the paper nice and loud. I want to yeah. hear some I hear, yeah. carnage. Yeah, that doesn't work so well. Rip the paper! <laughs> Does that work? Yeah. I will open your present for you. Really, I can wrap more stuff in that paper. You don't need to save it. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and like fully edit this podcast and just have like constant tearing sounds. There we go. Sound effects brought to you by Kelly. <laughs> Did I tape it to the box? It feels like you taped it. Oh, uh, now my show notes are on. Maybe not. That's what you get for wrecking your paper. You gotta rip it. Come on. Do it. Rip it. I don't like ripping paper. I know. Is the box gonna need scissors? The reason Eiffel Man does not care if it's perfect or not. You have to rip the box. Oh my god. I just have to pop the tape. Oh, there's a card. Yes, there is. And there are threadless shirts. Wait, wait, wait. Don't read the card. Out loud. See, we promised it would arrive. There we go. That was all. And it's shirt. an owl shirt. Wait, wait, wait. You need to look at it more closely. Open it all the way. Okay, her owl's in a You don't see what that is? Come on, even I know what that is. Who does that look like right there? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't do the scarf one. Uh, but just say, tell us who it is. It's a Doctor Who. Yes, the uh, owls are all owls. the Doctor Who. Oh, like Doctor Doctor Who. Who. Doctor yes. Who. Yes, yes. They're, they're holding clever. and they're holding the notorious Doctor Who scarf from I don't know the and seven. So if you Doctor want to keep that a secret, show. you should not say that. No. Um. So my best friend, her birthday is tomorrow. Nice. And there's a second shirt in here of the same thing. She also loves Doctor Who and a card that says. Happy birthday to Danielle, too. Excellent. And a matching what is, shirt. What is that? That's wrapping it's paper. Just, oh. yeah. <laughs> I thought you had killed, killed a zebra. Oh, no, Melissa killed a zebra. <laughs> oh, rude. All right. So, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <clears throat> Yay. Doctor Who. Right. Just want to give a quick <laughs> update to the, the Humble Indie Bundle from last episode. Uh, it raised over $2.2 million. Um, so, you know, that's pretty awesome. Turns out that uh, Linux operating system owners are by far the most generous. They were giving about $12 each for the, for the bundle, whereas us Windows users are poor and cheap and inconsiderate. We only gave a little under 5 bucks. So, anyway, just want to shout out to any of you guys that raised that money for charity. Okay, this week I bring you three games available on Steam and the Xbox Live Indie Games channel. One is called Cthulhu Saves the World. Ooh, Kelly, why does that not make sense? Isn't because he a destroyer of Thu- worlds? Cthulhu is the embodiment of evil. I mean, and chaos, right? Like chaos. He is, yeah, he's he's meant to be the destroyer of all things. It, it turns out at the beginning of this game that he is stripped of his power, and in order to get his power back, he must first save the world in order to <laughs> destroy it at the end. See, I, I don't know why I still haven't bought this game. I need it. And, and, so for anybody that, that cares about original Nintendo RPGs, it feels like an old RPG with the, the battle systems. Kind of like old Link? Maybe, um, maybe more like the old like Dragon Quest kind of thing. Okay. And then it looks like a Link to the Past, the Super Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. So it's that old kind of 16-bit art style. Takes about five to six hours to beat, and uh, you can pick it up for like three bucks either on Steam or the indie uh, channel on Xbox. Also, it comes with Breath of Death Seven, 
Uh, also the same kind of thing. Old NES-style RPG, kind of top-down. It's shorter than, than uh, Cthulhu, uh, but it's only a buck if you buy it on Indie Games Channel. Uh, and then my favorite, Minor Dig Deep. It is a mining game. I guess it's a collecting it's, <laughs> with no real direction. But. Yeah, it, it's an open. It's like for people who like Minecraft, this an is open underworld game. Yeah, something like that. You're, you're digging underground for for metals and gems. So you start out kind of in the in the upper strata, digging for tin and copper and really unoriginal things. But as you get going, you find emeralds and amethyst and titanium and platinum and and the it, challenge is to get down real deep and and but not like you, get yourself trapped. You get greedy, right? Cuz yeah. you start finding more and more things you want and the more you dig, the more unstable the caverns become and you can have a cave in and you can die and you can get trapped and you can get crushed and you can fall to your death and you can there are many things. But it's a dollar on the Xbox Indie Games channel. Um so I just want to give a shout out to both of those games. Also, uh you know, if there are any indie games developers listening to this, which I highly doubt. You guys should put all of your games on Steam because Cthulhu was out for 18 months on the Xbox and in less than one week it made more money on Steam than 18 months on Xbox. <laughs> well, I have to think that has to do with the audience. I mean, people who are buying their games on Steam are largely, what, PC players? Sure. For the most part. And PC gamers are far more likely to be interested in something that might not be Call of Duty. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> As opposed yes. to Xbox uh, owner. I mean, I'm thinking <clears throat> about the, the vast majority of people I know who own an Xbox, Kelly being a rare kind of exception to this, they are Halo players, or they are Call of Duty players, or sometimes they are both. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it in terms of, uh, like, the mass audience for sure. the Xbox. You're not getting a lot of people buying an Xbox for the Xbox Live Indie channel. Yeah, and I was over at Nick's house the other day, and it took me 30, 40 seconds just to find it. And I was looking for it actively. I went into the games channel, and I was trying to find the indie game stuff, and it is buried in this off little ghetto. Um, so <laughs> it, it's hard to find. Yeah. So if you have an Xbox, I highly recommend it. There are so many games I could recommend from that channel. Um, in fact, Minor Dig Deep was so good that it caused me to stop playing Mass Effect. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. that it was... is really good. I, I played like 13 hours of this summer. game. Um, but yeah, so if you if you like clever RPGs, get Cthulhu. If you like mining sims, it's not like sim. If you like fun collecting games, get Minor Dig Deep. There you go. There we go. Kelly, old PC games. Pitch this one to us. Are we already there? We are there. Okay. We're moving along. 60 We're minutes. Along. Yes, okay. <clears throat> so the idea for this segment is we wanted to look at old 
pre two thousand PC games. They can be Mac too, but yeah, or computer Mac, games. whatever. Just computer not consoles. games, not on consoles that need updates. Basically, you know, everybody loves an update, and everybody likes to remake films and stuff. And uh, we were just thinking about what games have been lost in time here that need to come back and, and get a reboot. Um, <clears throat> and so I guess I'll start. Um, the game I would choose is the one actually I was speaking about a couple episodes ago, but it was the swords and and monsters, and it's called Die by the Sword. I finally figured it out. What platform? Um, it was a PC game. Okay. Came out about the exact same time as Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raider. Oh, whoa, that's more modern than I thought. Okay. Yeah, but it, uh, it, uh, it, it got overshadowed by Tomb Raider because Tomb Raider was so popular. And it had guns. And it had I'm guns. guessing and this only has And swords. a girl with boobs, so. That's true, and tigers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the things I had forgotten that was so great about this game was the dialogue of the main character. He's this ancient knight, but he speaks in this angry Scottish accent. <laughs> he's constantly, he's like, where's my sister? And then he'll hack out someone's head off, and it's just great. But the thing that was really cool about this game, it was the first game to use um, true motion, I guess you would call it. It's the one you talked about with the mouse controls, right? Yes, it uses the mouse as literally literal control of the uh, sword arm. Okay. So you would use the mouse to slash down. If you pulled this mouse in an arc, he would slash across the screen, you know, and you would move him around with the left hand on the buttons and stuff. Um, and I think it would translate great, uh, especially with the new, uh, like, PlayStation Move and the Wii controllers. So is that the um, platform you choose? I think I would go for one of those, yeah, because, um, I mean... And then this is game is different than those other... Uh, sword games we're seeing on those systems because it's gory and it's got it's kind of a scary story and it's it's grittier than anything else. And so, you can keep the one to one controller moves. Yeah, uh, would you like add, you liked with the mouse? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So would it have like shield for the second move controller kind yep. of thing? Yep. So you'd have shield, and shield, and then you'd you know be able to move around and jump and stuff. It's it's actually a pretty good platformer too. First person, third person. It's a third person game. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was it was a decent platformer too. Kind of like it was very. I mean, it looked almost exactly like Tomb Raider, except that you know you were a knight and you had a sword instead of pistols. I think we need more third person. If if the motion control genre of games is going to take off, because it really sounds like it has not taken. I mean, the Wii has sort of its it's plateaued niche, but all none of the, the Connect and the Move really haven't done all that well. And I think we need more third person games. I think that there's too much emphasis for the quote, hardcore motion control games in making it a first-person game. But you just said that an entire platform only does first-person games, with rare exceptions. But So clearly doesn't. that's the popular. Well, okay, but, th I mean, that's the thing, was the Wii doesn't do universal first-person I was talking gaming. about the Xbox. Right. Right, like, if you're going to make a game <clears throat> nowadays, it seems like you should make first-person because that's where the money is. Okay, but who... I, I guess my Call of Duty and my Halo players aren't going to connect anyway. Do you think there's no way to, to reach I, them? I, at this point, I don't think that they are going to be reached by any game that's on the market or any game I've heard of coming out. I, they want... Call of Duty, they want Halo 4. Okay. That's what, I mean, they want the re-release of Halo 1, if they can get it, in <laughs> HD. But that that's what those guys want. But if you are looking at people, you know, the mom who bought a Kinect so that she and her son could play something together, granted, they're probably not going to be playing Die by the Sword together unless sure. she's a really edgy mom. <laughs> but I think third-person gaming gives a little bit of a break, gives a little bit of space and distance from the game itself, and you don't have to feel it. I don't know, I get... 
a little I bit hate first person. Game. I get a little dizzy sometimes yes. with the first person Confused. perspective. Can't remember where I'm at. Even on a <laughs> even on a standard controller, I don't like first person games as much because they are a little jarring. So Kelly, are you gonna keep the same story or update that too? Story is really good. Tonight he's trying to find his sister. Um, she's cat kidnapped by these little goblin things, and it's it's a good story. Is this good enough to be a sixty dollar disc game, or is this downloadable title? I think I mean I'm sure they could add some stuff to it. I don't remember it being terribly. I mean, actually, it was decently long. Now that I think about it, they could probably add some to it. I mean, they definitely want to update the graphics for sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> but you think 60 but, bucks disc? Yeah, they could turn it into a disc game. Yeah, okay. For sure. All right, so we're moving on to, let's see who's next. Whoever you want. Who is Day of the Tentacle? That's me. That's Miss Melissa. Yes. Go. Oh, my gosh. I loved Day of the Tentacle when it came out. Yeah. Uh, In 1965. 1993. Thank well, you very much. Same thing. Now, granted, I didn't play it. <laughs> she wasn't even born yet. Yes, I was. <laughs> play it until probably 1996-1997. I think we got our copy of Day of the Tentacle as a like greatest hits LucasArts pack. Um, but Day of the Tentacle was the sequel to... It was already a, a sequel uh, to Maniac Mansion, sort of one of the, the breakthrough PC games. LucasArts. LucasArts, point-and-click yeah. adventure. Uh, the Scum engine was designed for these games to make them work. <clears throat> was the basis of great PC gaming in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and as I was thinking about what would make this game playable to a modern audience, first of all, I don't think it needs much of an update in terms of aesthetics. You could take the same characters and make a new story. That's what they did with Day of the Tentacle, is took some of the characters from Maniac Mansion and put them into a new storyline. Um, and as it turns out... What I would like to see from Telltale Games, who are the the current owners of the many of the other LucasArts properties, uh, Monkey Island, Sam and Max, they've already come up with a great way to bring favorite games and favorite characters back, and this may or may not already be in the works. But they've taken them and made them episodic. Ooh, um, so nice. they you know they take one single story and break it into four smaller games, each with its own short story, you know, maybe a two-hour game each piece, but that's because I'm slow. Um, you could probably play through the story in an hour if you wanted to, but they released them um, for consoles and the iPad. That's right. I was reading something today about the release of Sam and Max on the iPad, yeah. which I think is fantastic because tons of people point-and-click games are perfect for the iPad. You don't need sophisticated controls for a point, you know, you literally point, to the thing and click on the task you want to do with it. The the menus, the, the actual code for how it operates would need to be updated, but the basic menus, the basic, you know, aesthetics, the the design wouldn't need to be updated that much. They could go 3D like Wait, they yeah, did those for Sam and Max. So you think a 2D, like 8-bit, 16-bit game would still fly nowadays? I think it could. I'm, I'm if they went up, if they went upscale a little bit, like they've done with Monkey Island, like they've done with Sam and Max, in that same vein where it's very clear that these are the same characters. Yeah. This is the same world, the same characters we had before. We've just upscaled them to 3D and smoothed out their lines a little bit so they're less jagged. Um, it would be phenomenal. I think the, I agree, actually. The creators of the game have been very cagey for the last two years about... Well, it depends on what LucasArts will let us do. So, George Lucas, if you are listening to my podcast... <laughs> Get off the drugs and... <laughs> I want well, my whoa, day whoa. in the tentacle. Hey, George, he didn't mean that. George. It would... 
What? You saw the... Oh, George, Christmas George, 2012. It will be a huge seller. Starring Hayden Christensen. No, what he needs to do is stop raping stormtroopers. And... <laughs> guys, guys, you're ruining my chances I was here. mad. Tell me to push it over the line. Uh, this is not my fault. Right, wait, 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 wait. Listen. Platform? What? Um, I think uh, console and iPad. So um, downloadable, like Sam and Max? Downloadable, episodic. just like they did with Sam and Max. I think that that... Because it plays to, there's enough fan service to play to old fans, and the game is cheap enough and fun enough to bring in new fans as well. Okay. So I think it would work. With the original Purple Tentacle, we started out playing it with our dad. That's that's how we got into playing it. Melissa enjoyed it way more than I did. That's true. So, I mean, that's one of those places to connect generations, is to put it onto a console where kids and parents can together process through how to solve things. Sure. I mean, iPad as well, because you get, it's the perfect, like, family vacation game, you know, kid playing in the backseat. Dad! I'm stuck. How do I get past I'm, the hamster? I'm stuck in a dungeon or cell or whatever. Basement. Yeah, basement. Day of the Tentacle. I remember basement. that game. Yeah. Yeah. I played that yeah. as yeah. basement. Yeah. All right. Um, Miss Amen. Wow. <laughs> Civilization 2. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Tell me what you think about it. Okay, first question. I, it has to be asked because everybody's thinking it. Civ- civilization is constantly being updated. There is a modern version of this. Yeah. Attack. They it ha- just came out. I mean, Civ 5 came out very recently. Civ World, the Facebook based Civ game just. Civ Revolution came out. on the system, on the on consoles. The consoles. Why do we need to reboot what, how, Civ 2? How are we making this good? Um. I like Civ 2 because it's simple. <laughs> it's not complicated. I can have just two civilizations that I have to go fight. I don't have to, you know, fight for my land. I can build my empire and then conquer everybody else with diplomats and then scare them into surrender. I don't have to fight seven other civilizations or six other civilizations. So your issue with total. the new ones is that they just got too big. They got too big and they got like too Sims. flashy and Sim they got City. too classic. Yeah. Too too much. I I want simpler. I think Carly's onto something because I still think the original Sim City is the best one. When they went oh. to two thousand and started adding like aqua, you know, like you had to plumb sewers and stuff like that, I was lost. I did not well, care about that. Well, the Sim people nonsense. I don't want to walk to a refrigerator. I can walk to a refrigerator <laughs> myself. I want to build a bridge. I want to build a school. I want to build a hospital. You Keep don't it want to have simple, like interesting stupid. And and like with with a lot of sports games, I mean, ten years ago, I loved all of the the Maddens and the and the baseball games because yeah. they were really simple. And now it's like super intricate inside baseball. I have no idea what's going on with these football plays or if John Madden's actually giving me good advice. Like I could win Madden two thousand because you could hit any single button and you'd get a play and you'd go <laughs> and it'd be fine. And now I couldn't even start the menu. So I'm kind of with you on that, Amy. And I mean, I've played Civ. Four and I've seen Civ Five get played, and there suddenly there are all of these new characters, and you can't just kind of set your city to just kind of do its thing and leave it alone and just. You actually can. It's a. It's harder though. I found. I, I, I choose not to. There are more layers, um, but you can. I mean, there is still a city automate option, and I will say that Civ Five took a lot of the. Over complexity of Civ 4 and did scale back in a lot of ways to make the game run itself a little bit more so you're not micromanaging as much. But I get you. You, you want pixels. I, I, <laughs> I don't need flashy. I can 
perfectly content with pixels. So speaking of flashy, would this be like a flash game, or would you want to re-release this on PC looking like a 1993 game or whatever? I The more I've thought about it since we discussed this about a week ago, or earlier last week, I don't remember now. Um, I mean, updating it so lines are a little bit smoother would be great, but I mean, something downloadable for the computer for the people who are like me and just still like the game. How about if they took Civ Five and had like retro mode, where you could just click it and it would like suck back to the small sandbox? Could I only two? have to defeat two other civilizations? Sure. Yes, and you can make that mode. Okay, because in Civ Four you couldn't make that mode. I sure, tried. but uh, but that is an option. Playing a small map. We might need to experiment. We can Possibly, just do like one on one or three. The other thing <clears throat> that I really like about Civ Two as it as I have it, is I don't have to have the CD. That's true. <laughs> All that, that unfortunately without is without the CD. A, and yeah. so that is appealing to me. Well, with Steam, you don't have to have a CD because there is none. Yeah. So. Yeah. But they don't have it on Steam. So. But they have Civ 5. If we did Civ 5 Retro and could show you some of the features that you wish existed that in fact do exist, we might be able to convert you. It would be fascinating like if the guys at Firaxis actually did release like a $5 like retro pack, how, how well that would sell. I think, I think Amy's on to something. I think it would sell. A retro pack? It'd be like yeah. a gateway drug. You know, you, you play the Civ <laughs> 2 in Civ 5 and you're like, this is so great. And then, you know, you can work your way up to the harder stuff. I don't need it to be three-dimensional. I'm okay with 2D. But would that be relevant to modern gamers? Or is this just Amy game? Yeah. yeah. It looks like I'm, it's just I'm sure Amy that game. I, I'm not the only person. <laughs> what about like on an iPad or something where you don't want to micromanage 50 different things? Would that work on that platform? Could you drag little troops here and there? And I think it would be harder because at least in Civ 2, the squares tend to be so small that you do need the keys to... You could probably make an update where you could zoom in and out. Pinch to zoom. Pinch yeah. to zoom and stuff to yeah. make it work. I was thinking iPad would be... If you were going to do a retro Civ re-release, the iPad would be a fantastic platform for it. Because it it wouldn't require a whole lot of memory, so it wouldn't oh. eat up your iPad. You, I've got the touch controls a, a Civ would... game on my iPhone. Okay. And it works fine. Is it yeah. Civ World or Civ Some? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. I've also got like Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and that works really well too. Yeah. So it's very retro. All right, I'm gonna skip Luke for a minute here because I want to have a conversation with him. Uh, Carly, <clears throat> your game is actually a board game. That is because I did not own any computer games until about a year and a half ago when I was trying to finish my thesis. Um, <laughs> That's a bad yeah. time to get into video games. It really that is. is exactly <laughs> the time that I was looking for procrastination. No, we didn't have computer games. We, my sister had some like reading games where it was like, you know, make words, solve mysteries by picking up portions of words, letters, uh, and figure out what word it is. Uh, and those weren't all that thrilling to me. But I would update life because I've started playing the version on my little iPod Touch. And I like it because it's the classic board game design is still there, but it's not long enough. I play a lot of PC games now where you have a central storyline like the board game, but then you have the side adventure and you have to solve a puzzle or like maybe you'd have to do trivia. So like 
in the game of life, you could go along and in college, it would be a solved trivia and you'd have to do trivia about general studies or you'd have to go to the doctor and solve a puzzle of symptoms. I mean, it's, so it would be like a learning general knowledge puzzle brain teaser, but following a path. So like on an iPad, you can go back to it. Your results are saved. You keep kind of going along. It's as long or short as you want it to be. And you have to make decisions like, you are in a relationship. Will you move in together? Will you get married? <clears throat> Will you break up? And then the path changes. So they're not exactly infinite, but it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. So almost like... With kind, kind of... Okay, bear with me. So kind of like... This is going to be not at all like what she's talking about. Kind of like ready. sim life, <laughs> but maybe like a like like a turn-based sim but there won't be like little people that you're walking right, through. It, right. It'll be a like a choose your own adventure, like spin and go, and you and you have to manage money. So it's like you. So have almost a, a text based. I mean, yeah, she almost. wants yeah. she wants some graphics to make it look pretty, but essentially a text based game text is based what you're looking for. Choice, myth. Well, and like the other games I play are like the hidden object ones, and so it'll say find these clues, or you have to go back to this spot and look for such and such. I feel like this could be really big in Japan. Excellent. Because yeah. I will move there. Because they still they still do the text-based video games. That's in true. In fact, I played a text-based horror game. That doesn't sound the, very scary at all. For the PS3. See, I think that would be terrifying. Yeah. Wait, is it actually scary? It was very scary. Imagination. Yeah. I mean, there were there were images and there were there were some some video, but it was mostly... I forget what it was called. Iki something. <laughs> Some Japanese word. Yes, it was, it was Japanese. Um, and I barely understood what was happening, but it was scary. Nice. <laughs> I didn't even know what choices I was making. I was just like, ah! <laughs> awesome. I think, Carly, your, your idea diverges enough from the sort of classic board game of life, though, that you almost need a... A separate IP for it, a separate name, a separate something. Well, it could have a subtitle, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, it needs its own identity apart from the board game, because I, I think... Well, the board game's already been made into... I mean, this is how I thought of it. I, I'm playing it on my Well, that's what I'm saying, iPod, is if I bought it, satisfied. if I bought Life on my iPod and it had all this extra stuff in it, I think I would be... Confused. Confused, right. So I, I would need some indication that this was a different experience. Life, the ultimate adventure! There you go. Life 2. We'll have to make you some, some promotional videos. Oh, how about this? Second Life. I think that's been done, actually. Yeah, I think her version would actually... That was supposed to be a joke. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Luke, I really I really love your and your choice. And I actually... Your choice is my second choice. Yeah. Um, and I knew... And I actually threatened his life when I came in. You threatened my balls. Not yes. so much my life. I threatened him with physical harm if, <laughs> if he hadn't chosen this one. Because this is... Yeah. So, so tell us about your choice, Luke. Well, I, I want to say that my second choice would have been an old game that... Aaron and I played called Dirt Bike way oh, back yes. in the day on the Mac. But it actually, Rubbermaid. Yeah, it actually kind of has been remade as Trials HD. So yeah. if you have an Xbox or Steam, Trials HD is one of the games I would like to remake. But it's already been done. Actually, that's kind of the theme for this whole segment because it turns out the other game I would like to make has actually been done. Uh, the game I loved was from 1996, I want to say. It's called Escape Velocity. It was on the Mac, and it was like a weird intergalactic space transport mission attack battle game. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of it was a top down 
view of the universe and you had a map of all these different places you could Yeah, hundreds go. of different like solar hundreds systems. Hundreds of solar systems and it was just you, massive. You started out with basically the shuttlecraft from Star Trek the Next Generation. That yeah. that was your opening ship. With you like, had ten thousand dollars. You had like a laser gun. Yeah, with a little pew 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 like, you know, basically airsoft <laughs> yeah. rifle in space. And <laughs> your first few missions are just transporting passengers from solar systems. But as you are traveling, you're kind of learning that there's this like faction war between the Federation and the Rebellion. And as you get more money, you buy better ships and you do more missions, you start carrying cargo. As you get more money, you buy a better ship with guns, you start doing battles. You decide to choose the Alliance or the Rebellion. Uh, eventually, also be a pirate. Aliens right? and pirates yeah. come into this whole thing. Yeah. Like it gets super deep. And then you can conquer entire planets. Yeah, you can subjugate you can, entire. You, can get, yeah. you have your own fleet yeah. of ships. It, it's just it's gets super crazy. good, and yeah. it came out in '96 and then kind of disappeared. A, a port was made for the the PC, PC platform yeah. called, called Escape Nova. Velocity Nova. Yeah. Uh, but as I was thinking about this, I decided I'd go check earlier this afternoon, and it turns out that there is an open source version of basically the game that I would make. Uh, it's called Nave, N-A-E-V. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and as far as I can tell, it is going to be free. And it is they're releasing the builds as they go along. So they're at 0.5 right now. <clears throat> See, if I was going to remake that game, I would essentially do what um, EVE Online has done. Except well, okay, no, I'd make it... Yeah, so I found another game after oh, really? Nave okay. called SPAZ, which stands for Space Spaz. Aliens and Zombies. And... <laughs> And yes. it feels like a mixture of Escape Velocity <clears throat> and uh, Eve because you actually build your own ship. You have yeah. like a little like constructor hangar and you put on the different components and kind of like construct the hull, the shape, the abilities of your ship. And the graphics of that are actually really modernized and much more uh, cool. pleasing to the eye. It actually just came out like a week or two ago on Steam for like 10, 15 bucks. Nice. Um, so. Space Aliens and Zombies stole my idea, or Nave, which is free. So, Aaron, I know you're listening to this right now. You should go check those out. Yes. Also, okay. I, I, would, I would release it on, if someone else hadn't already taken my idea, uh, iPad and uh, Steam. So. iPad and Steam, all right. It sounds like <clears throat> the iPad is going to be the savior of... I was just thinking that. Almost all of us have had iPad games. Of our retro games. Well, I mean, in thinking about it, it makes sense because consoles have gotten so advanced and hardcore you could play you could play a lot of these games on your console but the sort of core market of any console is not looking for these games whereas the core demographic playing games on an iPad is looking for games that are exactly easy to play like easy to understand and fun. And they can jump in for five, ten minutes and when they're in line at the bank. Jump in, jump out. It's and perfect. And remind them of being a kid and not right. having to be at the bank. So if it's on the iPad <laughs> and on the console, like uh, many of these, I mean, many World of the games of that Goo. are being remade on, yeah. World of Goo, things like that. Um, Steam is bringing stuff to the PC, um, but I mean, if, if developers are making it for the iPad and PCs and consoles, that's what's going to get us some good remakes and updates of classic games. Yeah. And I never thought I would be so excited about iPads, but yay! If the iPad could bring me to Air Botanical, like, I'm, I'm on board. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but... You are already <laughs> drinking the Steve Jobs Kool-Aid. Because I, I, I own a Mac? Yes. My Mac is four years old. That's true. But still... I have three. Three Macs? You're a Mac. And I'm on Your my mom's a Mac. <laughs> third iPod. That's because I keep breaking a bit. 
No, someone lost one, and then I gave one to my dad, and he lost that one. And now I just <laughs> lesson learned: don't loan them out. <laughs> I was trying to be a generous. I have an iPod Classic. Should you, you know, need to? You know, go back I just time. bought him a fantastic twenty dollars MP3 player, and uh, I'm not going to let him touch my iPod. Touch. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. So Luke promised music. Um, so those of you listening, maybe he'll put in some background music for my little intro here. Again, if you remember back several episodes ago, I was um, put in charge of the F1 technical updates segment because I have so much technical knowledge and expertise. <laughs> I'm thinking the same logic applies to the music segment, that I was put in charge of the music segment because I have such wide, diverse, and deep knowledge of music streaming Okay, services. raise your hand if you've used all six of these services. There are two hands in the air. One I didn't them. get to Groove Shark. One of them is mine. Oh, you didn't? You, okay. I didn't get Let's to Groove The other one is Luke's. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. I, I thought she, it was just going to be her and I. Oh, uh, no. So we are looking at six. I'm going to do a brief intro for those of you listening and then uh, open it up to the floor. Six streaming music services. We've got Pandora, kind of the, the old classic of the streaming music services. You tell it what you like. Ancient it, relic, I think is the word you're It tells for. you what you think, what it thinks you will like. <laughs> uh, Last FM, which works on a similar principle, only with different features. Uh, Slacker, which has, I believe, the option for radio stations, but perhaps some um, some different features and some a little bit more customizability than either Pandora or Last. Groove Shark, which apparently has a radio station function, but I never got around to using it, so I'm gonna take your word for it, Luke. <laughs> Mostly, what I know about Groove Shark is uh, I've seen people using it to look for music they already like and listen yeah. to that for free online. Uh, Spotify, which uh, theoretically has some radio-like qualities, <laughs> we'll get to but um, was unusable by yours truly. And Turntable FM, which is awesome. Awesome. much more like a radio station DJed by real people. So instead of having the computer tell you what it thinks you'll like, you have people telling you what they like, and you get to choose whether or not to keep listening. Yeah. Um, Plus you get... Okay, anyway. We'll so first question before we get yeah, how into How do we the, even jump into this? It's so big. Before... Yeah. So I actually think that the, the first question we need to talk about is format. Before we start talking specifics, do you prefer the radio station format or the I want to listen to XYZ music, let me go pick out what I want, the choose your own music format? I hate radio stations. You hate with, radio stations. With a passion. Because, because you hate the music or the ads? I, or both. Both. <laughs> they they always, you know, you get stations like we have uh, well, the the end out here, a station called The End, and, you know, there's they're the heaviest station we've got, but they're playing 
disco music, <laughs> you know, and it drives me crazy. I don't like disco. Music. We got and stations like, like Kiss that play Katy Perry every twenty five yes. minutes. Yes, and, and, Shut up. and all of these stations repeat the same song every two hours. Okay, but what about the radio station format? On one of your online services, I guess. Because that actually has more variety. Yeah, where you do get more variety, um, and the, you the may mix. have some more control. But, yes. but but I guess the radio station format chooses the music for you. Oh, okay. You tell it what you like, or you go into the room and turntable that you like, and it just plays music kind of I like endlessly. that because... You often get songs that you never would have heard otherwise mm-hmm. if you're choosing every song. Right. Um, especially with what I found with Turntable is that you're, these people have great music that you've never heard before. You know, of these people who are playing in these, in these Turntable rooms. And I've been just in a few hours listening the other night, I found a dozen songs I'd never heard before yep. that I absolutely loved. And, you know, I've found a, you know, half a dozen new artists that I've now got on my list of artists to look up and, and download and what have you. So sure. I mean, so like Last FM, Pandora, mm-hmm. Slacker, um, really are all kind of outside of your control radio stations. You say that you like a song, you say that you like an artist, and it just continues to find other songs by that artist or other artists like that artist to continue giving you. But I like Pandora because you can add additional artists to your list to modify and like push it in a certain direction. And I like to mess with it. So I'd go, you know, Katy Perry, Paramore, Taylor Swift. Like find a common denominator. <laughs> and it will. And I find cool stuff. And I get, you know, and I've tried to use like music scores and then I get some classical music like actual like Bach or you know Vivaldi but then I get like contemporary composers (laughs) and you know and then I discover some score that's fantastic which leads me to a movie that's fantastic and I mean so I I like Pandora I like that they choose it for me Pandora tries to make it very mechanical. There are like 400 what they call genes, like musical genes, that they look at the melody, the syncopation, the the length, the beats per minute, the, you know, and they they just with brute, like, algorithmic force try to find out what other songs are like that. They're not that. Really? Yeah. So I I don't have a radio in my workspace and I don't listen to a ton of music you know in the background but sometimes when I'm grading I I can't listen to podcasts which are sort of my preferred entertainment it's too distracting when I'm trying to grade papers but a little bit of music in the background is great so I can plot Pandora on the computer um, and it will play in the background for me and in general I mean I I've spent a little bit of time tweaking my preferences in my station but it it's pretty right on in terms of finding music that I like that is similar to uh, music I've specified. Um, I, I would say the limitation with Pandora is probably the limitation that you, Luke and Kelly probably find most egregious is simply the, the lack of different songs available. Their to catalog play. is tiny. It's yeah. the yeah. smallest. So 800,000 yeah. songs is what you found in your research. So 800,000 songs, total in every genre from every artist everything it it is very limited and it is more like a real radio station in the sense that you get a lot of repeats yeah and i like to sing along if i'm going to listen to the radio i want to sing along and so i might occasionally add new songs to my own personal sing-along you know list (laughs) 
But listening to turntable. So you like to hear the same thing over and over? I do. I do. Because I like to put in my own CDs. I like, I listen to the same genius playlists all the time on my iPod (laughs) because I can sing along. So I, yeah, I don't have a problem with small catalog. I will say, I mean, I was, I was not excited about having to go through and play with all these other music services because I spent, I have spent probably about two years working on my Pandora station, telling it what I like, telling it what I don't like, you know, and it is fairly repetitive, I will agree, and it doesn't play enough of some of the the artists that I wish it would, because I've added probably too much variety to my station. Um, but, so I was not planning to like any of the others. I'll just say that. <laughs> went to, in with a bias. With, I did, I went in with a bias. I, of the ones that I tried, probably my favorite was actually Slacker. Yes. Um, despite the incredible moment of frustration it gave me but the the functionality of it i think is the best of the ones that i tried because it is the it is based on some kind of algorithm it is a computer telling me what it thinks i will like which i'm fine with if i just want like mindless background music i'm not going to listen to music i don't want to have something weird coming in from somebody who thinks i will like this song because it's so cool I, i don't want that i want music that i already know that i like what i like about slacker is that i can set up a station with artists that I like and it will let me choose and it will recommend artists for me based on the artists I've already selected things that might complement what I have. And then it has a request queue. So I can go in to the same station, request specific songs by the artists in my station. That These are the songs I specifically like most by these artists that will further tailor the music to my taste. Sure. Unfortunately, about one song into my Slacker listen through, <laughs> I did get a message that said, due to licensing restrictions, this station cannot continue to play. <laughs> I did some research and found out <laughs> that she just didn't have enough artists in her queue. Apparently, that's what people have said that people that have. But that it was kind of my, error, I mean, it was the first song. Which I is had a bad a intro to, to the service. So if you're going to try Slacker, jam it with like a dozen artists that you like. See, I stumbled on Slacker. It was on my phone when I bought it. And I was like, oh, radio. And I thought it was going to be FM radio. So oh. I literally had no idea what it was and was very pleased at the easy to useness. It's really easy to use. The Blackberry Rollerball is a pain. So I could click on my country and it, bam, popular country songs. I scrolled to an artist I liked. There was a artist showcase channel. Mm-hmm. And if it, you want new stuff that they like, and I was yeah. like, this is cool. The artist is narrating it. He's saying, oh, when I was playing here, I was listening to this guy. And I felt like I was learning something about someone I liked already, getting new music, and could easily switch back to generic country pop blend at any time. Amy, what about you? You're a big music fan. Did you get a chance to play with these? I've used Pandora in the past. I played with Spotify a little bit. Today, I played a little bit with (coughs) Turntable. I think it may have been Slacker that I looked at briefly. I didn't have a lot of time to look at. Um, the, The advantage and disadvantage of Pandora that I found is the repetition. Because, you know, there are three songs by any given artist. And I want... You know, I may want a specific song off of an album to, for them to base the radio station off of, and they don't have access to that song. And so that that was frustrating when I was first using Pandora. I don't really remember Slacker. Turntable, for me, it was hard to 
find a room that I thought I would like. That was my problem too with turntable. Is and They're it may be weird. that people give them bad titles, and so I can't tell what they really are. But I could not find rooms that I wanted to go into. There are seventeen thousand dubstep rooms, yeah. and yeah. two indie music rooms. I, I yeah. mean, I, I don't like dubstep. Yeah, I think that's the weird thing about turntable is the pen is the the tendency is for people to see, oh, I'm in a club, because you know you see a virtual representation. It's got yeah. because it looks the like, UI is like, like a club. Yeah. And so most of the station, there's most of the rooms currently are, you know, rave music and you know tech. I wonder like if that. that's because is do we have any use? I the chatting I saw was all East Coast based too. Really? And yeah. I wonder yeah. if that's why a lot of it was. There wasn't any country, which, like, I couldn't well, find it. Well, because country's awful. But. Yeah, we're not <laughs> going to go into that argument. <laughs> I do think it has some demographic challenges yeah. because it is Facebook-based. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be a member of Facebook in order to use the service. Uh, you have to be willing to allow Facebook to give it your information. You have to let like people have your app, Facebook yeah. information. Which is um, which, well, not pleased about. I mean, either. And it, it, I mean, like, our F1 will, league is no different, right? But I think that it will that it is limiting the pool of who's on turntable right now which is limiting the pool of what music is being given playtime it's limiting who are becoming DJs it's limiting the rooms that are being created because there are there are some demographic groups that are ill represented yeah. or they I think, on I think Facebook, that may but they have jobs so they can't right, go be so DJs. Not, yeah. yeah I think I think though it's I mean it's still in beta is the thing yeah. turntable is still in beta and it's going to eventually be a free for all, you know, people, and and, and it's going to be huge. I think, it's yeah, I think, big. I think they may still require Facebook. I'm not sure. Yes, they do. Even in once well, they're out that's of beta. what we're saying is oh, once they're no, out no, of beta. No, 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 no. That's just that's just the gateway at this point. Right. Yeah. That's the current gateway. So I mean, maybe when they're done with beta and they've got the full, full program released and they've got all the bugs fixed and all the new features added, maybe you know, just anybody will be able to come in and maybe we'll see a lot more. Diversity in the stations because I'm pretty They're going sure to need to make it easier to search stations then. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of the things too is that anybody can be a DJ. Like the five of us could sit down in the five DJ positions and have all of the listeners to the podcast listen to our eclectic mix of nonsense. <laughs> it would this be could chaos. Be awesome. We could totally organize there would a non secular be, there podcast would be like, room. There would be like Christian music, and then I would have like death metal, and then country <laughs> from Carly. The country, Taylor and, and Katie. Who knows? Oh, God. It would be the worst. It would be the worst. I threw out some Enya just to Enya from if, if you guys, If you guys are interested in this experiment, listeners, let us know, because we can probably find a day and a time where we are available to DJ. That would be uh, actually kind of awesome. It would be kind of fun. So question, I guess, for... Since we've, we've been talking about new technology that some of us own, how easy 
are these services to use on a non-computer device? Because yeah. I only use so it on my computer, so smartphone. Okay, um, well, there were only, let's see, only three of the six have available um, iPod on the iPod, because that's what I've got. Uh -huh. uh, um, iPod uh, apps currently, and that's Pandora, Last.fm, and Slacker. Um, Spotify I think, doesn't. I think no, no, no. Sp Spotify. But some of you have to pay for. So okay. To have yeah. The one, of, one of the others. I, okay. I I forget. One of them. One of them you have to um, pay for. Um, I think Spotify. And uh, I was actually I really pissed off at the Last FM and the Spotify apps um, because you get in there and after a while they want you to. One of them after a time wants you to upgrade and start paying. Sure. Um, I think it was Last FM that the second you download, it says, you know, on the on the screen, it says, oh, it's free to use, blah, blah, blah. It's um, free for the software, but not to actually use the software. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You download it, and then the second you start the app, it says, we need an update. And then to use the update, you have to pay them five bucks. Oh, okay. yeah. So it was really, really sketch. I mean, the, one of the, the beauties, though, so all of these services have ads except for GrooveShark and Turntable. Um when you pay for it, you get rid of the ad the ads, so no longer are they advertising things. But I think on the phone thing, when you pay for it, you also get rid of ads. So that's if, if you are likely I mean, to, to want to go down if I was no gonna, ad Yeah, if I was going to use one of these on a regular basis, I'd probably want to look into upgrading to the premium. But I mean, th this kind of a service, I mean, we haven't really talked about it yet, but this kind of a service is an alternative in some ways, especially if you have a smartphone, to having just iTunes purchases. Yeah. Because you do end up with especially like Spotify. So Spotify, for those of you who don't know, most of you I'm guessing, because it's hard to get into, invite only at this point, is basically iTunes. They've got 15 million songs. You can go in and search by artist, by album, by song. You can get them all, you can sync them. It'll even pull in your iTunes songs. Um, but it's a subscription service where you pay a monthly fee and have access to everything in the catalog at your disposal, instead of actually buying licenses to those things to transport onto your devices. Yeah. Um, so it, it's the, do I want to spend $10 a month buying a new album or do I want to spend $10 a month having a service and have access to all albums, but only as long as the service exists. So, And that seems like a lot of work. I mean, I create playlists and I listen to them for like 10 months until I, you know, get the flu and I'm stuck in my house and then maybe I get around to making new ones. I think I I have to be honest, and I'm I'm guessing Carly is a little bit like me. Amy, I love maybe, Pandora and Slackers. So. Maybe you can jump in on this too. That I I've already said I don't need a whole lot of control over my music. I'm I'm I am a creature of habit. I want music that I know I like. I don't I don't want to have access to 15 million songs. What I want is for someone smarter than me, whether it's a computer or a person, someone smarter than me, to create for me a two-hour playlist of stuff that I will probably like. Throwing in a little bit of new stuff here and there to introduce me to some things that I might never have heard before. I I don't... And I feel like there that I'm outside the norm when it comes to people who love music. I'm thinking about... Uh, Luke, I'm thinking about our friend Mike. Yes. who is a super music fan. He knows more bands and music than anyone I've ever known before in my entire life. He He's known bands that don't even sound like bands. They have such band name sort of yes. names. Yes, oh, band it's name crazy. names, the worst. And for him, I think a lot, I think, I mean, he loves Groove Shark, I happen to know. Um, yeah, it's good. It is, I'm sure, if 
You're the kind of person who's seeking out music and has a wide variety of stuff you you know about. I don't know about a ton of stuff. I don't want to be in charge of that. And and it seems like the services are more and more being catered to people who either want infinite options, which I don't, or who know seemingly infinite about music, which I don't, and I'm never going to. Um, so it's almost like they're pushing for the cut those cutting edge folks who are way out there knowing a ton about music, loving music. I mean, it's made for music lovers, I yeah. guess. And I'm back in the Stone Age. <laughs> um, honestly, you know, if I, I should just, if I could grade to NPR, I would just stream NPR from my computer <laughs> and forget all this. I don't, I don't need a ton of, I don't need all the options. I don't need all of the bells and whistles and glitz and glam. I don't want people playing, you know, coming in to my station on turntable and playing there, you know, oh, this is so cool. You got to hear it. I don't need it. I don't want it. Well, the nice thing about turntable rooms is that they usually have rules, you know. They usually say, this is the genre it's a we're theme, playing. Or, yeah. This is the theme. If you're not going to play nice, we're going to boot you out. You but you can interpretations. But you can boot people off. You can. I mean, the challenge, so, so turntable, the DJs have points. They have a, a rating scale. You can boo them or you can, you know, cheer them. Yeah. And because people are so concerned about being popular, they're not going to go ahead and play something radically out of key. In a, in a room because they don't want to lose their cred. Except they have. Yeah. But if they get too many boos, they just get pulled off the sheet. I Fair mean, enough. They... But you and I were listening to the Indie Wallet at Workstation. Which is and great. It's, <laughs> It is. It's actually, I mean, pretty mellow. You know, it's not going to offend people. Kind of a kind of a station. It's good for being at an office environment mm -hmm. if you like indie music. And they started playing Nelly. Yeah. Which and I don't like, consider. <laughs> is that indie music? Please tell me that. No, I'm no. not totally <laughs> wrong in that. It was, it, yeah. it might have been semi-indie yeah. at the very beginning, but no. They were what? Griefing. Uh, we think that person was just putting that song in there to piss everybody off. But yeah. griefing, when did that become a... That's been a word for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Since the end It's like trolling. Yeah. You familiar with trolling? Just this morning, someone told me the meaning of that word. Griefing so. is kind of the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Causing grief to I was, when those. I played Eve, I was a griefer. I would cause grief. Okay. Anyways. In the sake of time, let's jump to kind of the last are, question. Yeah. Okay. Amy, what of these services is your favorite? I don't really, I think of any of them that I would continue to use, probably Pandora, because it was simple and it, it went and found things that I liked already. Spotify was a lot like iTunes and... I already have iTunes and I like my iTunes and it was easy to figure out and Spotify took way too long to figure out oh, and it yeah. was trying to break my computer. The so. interface was hard to use. I okay. Yeah. Kelly, favorite and why? Um, I like turntable because it's... I, okay, I should probably speak at the microphone yes. <laughs> instead of the floor. Um, I like turntable because um, it's so radically different, essentially. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it, with the full release. Um... Plus, I was in a room yesterday where the actual... I don't remember which one it was. Yep. <laughs> a really famous band was in the room DJing. What nice. name? Uh, Someone from Beastie Boys or something? Or no, it's like a techno band from France. Uh, right. We all know that. Uh, Eiffel 65. No. Daft Punk. Da Daft Punk. Okay. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> Daft Punk. One of the guys from Daft Punk was actually in the room. Um, and, nice. Yeah, and uh, 
And apparently there are other artists who are actually using it so that people can go into their rooms and sure. play crazy stuff that they like, you know, yeah. like uh, Dead Mouse. Yeah. Uh, he has his yep. own avatar. I've seen him. Be, yeah. I've seen him in my stations. Before. Yeah, exactly. So, he, yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, sweetie. Um... <sighs> I'm gonna Here give comes. I'm gonna give Slacker another chance. Okay. Um, Carly tells me that it works better than I think it does. I like the interface. I like the customizability. I like the fact that it's unlimited listening. So if I did go in a crazy music binge, I could keep listening <laughs> for a long time. I, I'm gonna hold off judgment on turntable until um, until it goes mainstream. I, I don't like what they're offering right now, okay. but I can see the potential in the way the service is structured. Sure, Carly. Uh. I've been a Pandora person for a long time, but Slacker is winning me over with its artist ideas. Getting the artist playlist thing. That was like the coolest little bonus. So, yes. Slacker. Uh, I just want to give an honorable mention to Groove Shark. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, None of us got around <laughs> to doing anything with it. It is really good. It, it is basically an open source music dump of everybody's catalog. And so, when some new album comes out or some old thing or some. I mean, uh, Amy the other day asked me about some really obscure song that not even iTunes had, uh, some from a movie, right? Yeah. Managed to find it on Groove Shark. Like it is the ultimate repository of random stuff, and the interface is kind of kludgy. And if people aren't naming their songs correctly, it can get messy. Um, but you can have stations, you can sort by station, you can make playlists. It's really good. But my actual favorite is Turntable. I listen to it all the time. I love the dubstep station. I love the indie at work station. Um, Melissa and I found like a late 90s rock station that was playing like Stone Temple Pilots and Goo Goo Dolls and all sorts of stuff the other day. So that was pretty good. But yeah, uh, Turntable, uh, if you are a friend of mine, which I would imagine you are, um, you have access to it because you have to be a friend of someone that has access on Facebook. That's how they're controlling it to keep it from spreading too fast. So um, give that a shot. Give any of these a shot. They're all free to some extent. So uh, that's enough music chit chat. that mean that I'm talking about science? Science! Science! science. <laughs> Alright, raise your hand if you have a belly button. Kelly. I don't have a belly button. Yes, you do. And in fact, it was your very first scar. Most people don't <laughs> think about that, right? But your belly button basically is the very first scar that anybody ever gets. Uh, you know, throughout our lives, it collects things like dead skin cells and clothing lint and sweat and dust and other disgusting things. But Recently, they found out that it collects the rarest and most peculiar forms of bacteria. It's amazing that it's taken this long for anybody to realize it, but uh, a group called the uh, Wildlife of Your Body uh, organization started the Belly Button Biodiversity Project. They had, 
they, yes. they sent out they sent out kits <laughs> to people that were willing B B B P. Yes. They they sent out uh, cotton swabs to people, told them how to do it, sent them back in, and cultured these things. From from ninety five different people, they found fourteen hundred different kinds of bacteria. Some of which are at the bottom of the ocean. People that have never been like in these oceans have the bacteria that's only ever been found in the bottom of that ocean in their belly button. A guy in North America who's never been to Japan found bacteria that's only in the soil in Japan in his belly button. Uh, all sorts of crazy results have come out of this. Of the fourteen hundred bacteria found, six hundred and sixty-two never been discovered by scientists unclassified new species. So what does this do to, like, forensic testing to figure out where someone was killed? I mean, if they swap their blood. I know, see, that's yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, suddenly, uh, he's like, he was in Japan. He's never yeah. been to Japan. It, it's, it's crazy, right? I mean, to think that, like, on your belly, Kelly, you might have a kind of bacteria <laughs> that is unique to science. And, and, and for you to, like, go in there now with soap and wash it out would be, like, scientific, you know, murder. Like, like genocide. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It, it is terrifying. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you're not, you're not but what if, I've got, what if I've got the cure to cancer in my belly button? You could, and you might be ruining it for everybody. Yeah. You well, check. you know what? I'll if never it's going to be again. strong enough to kill cancer, it better be strong enough to survive soap and water. <laughs> well, I'm okay, so again, bacteria is not all bad, right? I mean, right. bacteria kills other bacteria, so the good stuff that's living there can kill the bacteria that, in your intestines. It doesn't mean you shouldn't wash yourself. Friendly. Well, they found out that most people don't. Very that few people true. wash the inside of their belly button. That is true. You do? Every time. Carly? I wash my belly button. Yeah, I do too. At yeah. least twice a week. Q-tips, hydrogen peroxide. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going like that. I'm just talking like with my wash rag in the shower. Yeah, just, just, just nice you know, get in there a little bit. Uh, belly buttons kind of freak me out. <laughs> I don't wash yeah. mine, so mine would probably freak you out. Yes, I have no idea. it would. Um, things that they have found from this study. Uh, of the participants that, that sent in their questionnaire, only 4% of people have Audis. That's good because Audis are hideous. Audis are awful. a result of doctors not properly trimming the umbilical cord. So 4% of doctors are bad doctors? Or they were born at home, or oh. they may have been born in um, a developing country. Yes. So there are lots, or, you know, sometimes just weird things happen, other yeah. medical issues are going on, and the umbilical, umbilical cord does not get cut correctly. This project is, has brought to light the fact that no human, no one human being has ever been fully tested for all flora and fauna. And it sounds actually like they might be teaming up with Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs to have him be the very first person ever to have a full body inside and out scan of what he's got in and on him. Which I think would be fantastic. Because I think Mike Rowe is amazing. I think of all the, the Discovery people Channel in the world. is going to make millions yes, 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 yes. on that one. I think that would be perfect. He's, he's just the candidate for it. And, and with PAX right around the corner, I just want to talk about hand sanitizers. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Those, there's those, a lot of bacteria at PAX. PAX is oh notoriously God. dirty. The and if it's going to be as ago. hot as they're saying it's going to be... Is it going to be hot this weekend? It's supposed to be like 80. Oh, God. Yes, 86. 86 oh, degrees no. in a building full of tens of thousands of unwashed nerds. In it vinyl, is... pleather, plastic. Yes. And dinosaurs! Polyester. I swear to God, the next nerd that gets in my face at one of these things is going to be get an earful about the fact that he isn't washed. Oh, and you walk by someone and you're like, dude. Yeah. And I just be like, Whoa. just be like, geez, why didn't you wash? So wash yourself. I'm packing you're the disgusting. hand sanitizer. Okay. Is this a good idea? You need to make sure that it's got at least 60% alcohol by volume, okay. which is most of them. All right. So, you know. Don't go with the weird, like, hippie brands that are trying to be, like, all No, I just buy, like, Western Family. You want some good alcohol-based stuff. 
it, it is good at killing things. It is not as good as the 99.9% claim. Uh, that claim is based on them putting bacteria on a smooth, inanimate surface and applying this stuff and sure. then looking at the results. On your hands, on your body, nowhere near that kind of efficiency. Uh, in fact, it's not that much better than soap and water. Um, it is, but it's not that much better. Probably because most people don't wash their hands properly. Properly. Because seconds, it's, it's yeah. the friction as much as the soap or the water that sure, kills sure. the bacteria when you're um, washing your hands. There are some misconceptions about hand sanitizers. A lot of people are worried about them creating like super viruses and stuff. I'm like, worried about that, yes. Not actually a problem because alcohol kills things. It, it is not capable of like an intermediary step of death. There's no way for them to... So the stuff that survives it just didn't get touched by it? Yeah. Okay. It... it so the weak stuff. stuff could survive if I missed that spot. Sure. You can disrupt the overall like balance of bacteria on your hand by, you know, maybe you didn't get in between your fingers with the stuff and those things survived, whatever. But for the most part, alcohol kills stuff. Awesome. Um, so you're safe there. I guess I'm thinking I mean, we have to take the hand sanitizer because there just isn't an option for soap and water after every single one of yeah, these Yeah, you're touching these controllers and... that have been touched by 15 <laughs> yeah. people before you and who knows where their hands have been. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. As I was telling a coworker today, you know, I love packs. I love being there and seeing all the things, but I hate the people that are there. <laughs> really, too. If I could go there by myself, it would be nice. <laughs> Or just with my friends, you know. You know and But, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so, so various studies say that anti bacterial soap not much better than real soap if you're gonna use soap just use soap it doesn't matter don't don't buy into the marketing speech and all the, the nonsense there and now that I feel like I want to wash my hands and vital parts fall from his system and dissolve in Scottish rain vitally he doesn't miss him he's too fucked up to care Was I you in front of me? Coming back for even more, they tell you the same. Well, you must be a masochist. Love a modern laugher on his last leg. On his last leg. It's time for listener questions. Yes. I think it is. Listener questions. All right. Let's see what we've got. Remember, we're going with first name, last, in last initial this time for, you know, protecting people's identities. He's not even listening. Yes. He is He's scrolling. Just, he is scrolling. scrolling. He is Luke, scrolling. You, you can't pre-read the questions and cherry pick. N Noah wrote three pages of stuff. Awesome. Was it grammatically understandable? Okay. <laughs> Magic Mike. Would legalizing go-karts for street use improve CO2, our CO2 footprint? And how could we make them safe enough for the consumer, attractive enough for uh, them to buy within a reasonable cost? So Haven't go they already legalized them? They're called Kias. No, come on. <laughs> I want real go-karts. Yeah. I the, way to make, the only way to make these things safe is to get the semis off the road. Otherwise, you're... And everybody in dead. a Dodge Ram and yep. every 74-year-old woman in a convertible Mercedes. And <laughs> I, mean, I, I think the bigger problem with go-karts is that they are essentially one-man vehicles. And you... It's not practical for any kind of reasonable transportation. You could make it practical, though. I think you could make a slightly larger goat cart. For two? Family, 
for for the like mini? a family. Yeah. I mean, again, okay. We're so just, in which case, enlarge just it, it buy a, a car. Yeah, just buy a, a small car. But maybe that small car doesn't get the fuel efficiency. Yeah, this is all about our carbon footprint. Yeah. We're trying to save the environment. We're trying to save Hybrid the Lotus. Everybody gets a helmet. There you go. Everybody gets a helmet. <laughs> Everybody should have like Teslas, is what you're saying. We should have like battery powered Lotus. Yeah. I'm very not, light. I, I, very I don't know much about go kart and motors, so I'm I'm not gonna speak to CO2. That's true because they don't usually have any kind of like catalytic converters or cleaning yeah, scrubbers. Yeah, I, I don't buy it. It would be fun, not practical. Probably not that much more environmentally safe. Because there'd probably be more people. For us to go somewhere, we'd need like five individual go-karts. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> five motors running. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. So that's that. This is actually from the last podcast, uh, sent in too late for us to do anything about. From Noah. Uh, if you were awakened by your neighbor having sex, <laughs> would you A, try and compete with the volume, B, pound on the wall, or C, just lay there and listen? Did, didn't I answer this question last time? Uh, We've discussed it, but not on the podcast. Yeah, okay. so neighbors okay. having so, sex, loud, what do you do with it? I know exactly what I do with that. I put my headphones on, and I turn it up so I can't hear, and then I try to sleep. So compete with the volume, only not and so not, they not hear in it. my Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not in that way, yeah. Sure. I mean, unless, you know, if I had a girl there, I'd probably try to compete with the volume. But no. I believe Kelly and I had this conversation, actually. Yes. Like, how do. would we deal with it being roommates? Should there be noise issues of a personal nature? <laughs> and we both agreed, compete. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And then yeah. if that wasn't an option, <laughs> headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Amy? Headphones? Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, from what Josh. About you? What about you two? You didn't get an answer. Oh, I thought you answered for us. No. We've had noisy neighbors. We have not sexy noisy neighbors. <laughs> but like music, <laughs> dancing, screaming. Yeah. Oh, that's a pound on the walls. I, Knock on the door. Actually, so it, it turns out that they they tend to party with the the doors and windows open. So the the subtle sound, if you know, if we're out in the living room or something, the subtle sound of just closing our window is often enough to yeah. give the hint. Um, I think... I, I think in terms of like noise coming through the wall, I, I tend to be more of a headphones, earplugs kind of a person. Typically though, being awakened in the middle of the night by anybody making an ongoing noise that prevents me from going back to sleep just makes me cry. We had to, we, my boyfriend and I had to babysit our friend's flying squirrel. What? A nocturnal animal that is extremely picky about which fruits and vegetables you give it. And apparently, we did not give it the fruits and vegetables oh it wanted. So we had this for hours, like three nights in a row. And all mm -hmm. we could do, there was no closing him in his cage. There was no moving to a different room. That kind of piercing noise travels through walls. It was wow. earplugs, pillow. Just, you know, try to be so exhausted by the time you go to bed that you pass out. <laughs> I would probably just roll back over and fall asleep. Uh, that's he sleeps like the dead. Yeah. It's yeah. Not I that's, fair. That would be the problem with me is that I sleep like the dead. So it would have to be someone dying to wake me up probably. All right. Josh and Lacey, how do you feel about Apple's pursuit of world domination or Google's recent acquisition of Motorola? I don't care. Google bought Motorola? $12 billion. Yeah. Although not Maybe for the reason you would think. Maybe now their Motorola phones will be uh, See, nope, that's nope, not, that's, that's not the reason. It turns out that Google needs control of Motorola's patents so that Google won't get sued. <laughs> it goes and does patenty yeah. things. So, yeah, they spent $12 billion to keep Protect themselves out of hot water. Yeah. 
protect themselves from and, lawsuits. And shareholders like it when acquisitions like this are made. So, you know, it's all good for them. F you, you three are Apple owners on some level. How do you feel about their quest for... product. You're right. It's only me. How do you guys feel about their quest for world domination? I, we I just like talked about the iPad taking over video familiarity, games. Familiarity, ease of use. The thing that bugs me is that sometimes, you know... I, my phone is broken. I need a new phone. Of course, I want an iPhone. What do I end up with? A $35 Blackberry that I found on eBay. You know, so if Apple completely takes over, I will be using ancient technology. <laughs> I can't afford to keep up. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive. I think that's stupid that they're always, you know, oh, every year, oh, look, it's the new one, and we've updated two Okay, things. but in two years, when, you're, when your phone contract drops, are you going to pick up an iPhone 6? If this one's worn out, but what if it's not? Then I'm gonna keep it. Okay. The hell with that. Right. Buying the new one, I and mean, it's gonna have three extra features that I don't need. I think that's. So. I, I think that's probably Apple's biggest problem is that it makes new, new pretty shiny stuff every year, and people do buy it, but they also make pretty high quality stuff, so you can buy one and use it for years. Until someone loses it. Until someone loses it, yep. or, I mean, eventually stuff wears out. Batteries die. Batteries die, whatever, and you do have to, in general, upgrade at that point. You can't do a direct swap. Um, but that's probably as much a, a reason for Apple's success as anything else, that that the stuff's good enough that you know, if I can, you know, I have a ten-year-old laptop, and except for the fact that file size. No, it's not these, the one I use today. No, my original <laughs> okay. shell design. I gotcha. Old MacBook or whatever it is. Yeah, the MacBook for students, so it was had a little bit more memory. It's still working, and the laptop that I got in two thousand five is very much still working. So, and when it finally does wear out, it you know, if you've got the money to get another. MacBook, um, you might as well because everything converts easily, sure. seamlessly. Oh, you yeah. know it's going to last you another, you know, six, seven, eight years, which is more than can be said for a three hundred dollar HP. No offense to HP, they make good stuff, but yeah. it, it, there is a know? difference. They used to. They're going <laughs> to. Yeah, I know. I had one at college. It lasts about six months. All right. All right. So this leads to uh, another question. Matt from Tumwater. Uh, I don't really use any software anymore. Just a web browser. Are PCs going away? No. No. Mm -hmm. I, I would die if I did not have, like, Photoshop and InDesign. I use InDesign on an almost daily basis, and I'm a lifeguard. What do you use it for? Friends of the Library newsletter, redoing my resume, creating fun and interesting bridal shower invitations for my sister. I think there are enough... There are, the vast majority of people are moving into a consumer-only use of electronics. That's absolutely true. The iPad and its mad success is really proof of that. But there is still a market for hardware that allows producers, whether they are professionals or people like me and Carly or and Luke, who just fundamentally like to produce things. I, do, I just like making things. Just like making things. And you want to have the software and the hardware that will allow you to make stuff. It, it can't go away because we are still making stuff. Well, and I tried to use the open office mm -hmm. because I was like, okay, fine. All these people who don't have money and don't know how to use stuff can look at my documents. And it looked like crap. And I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not going to destroy the quality of my work just so someone who doesn't know what they're looking at can edit it. 
when they shouldn't be touching it anyway. So I'll make something in InDesign. I will turn it to PDF, it to a PDF. You can tell you me can what look you think. At it. Yep. I will make the corrections. Yep. <clears throat> All right. We've got one here from Allison in Seattle. Uh, she says, what are your guys' guys' uh, snack staples that you keep around the house, both healthy and splurgy? Cheetos and Diet Coke. Gross. I mean, you're keeping me in business, but that's still gross. <laughs> How about you, baby? You got, you got the, the weird uh, cookies that you make I do. Oreos I like the, out of. The <laughs> ginger, Anna's ginger spice cookies oh, yes. and some cream cheese frosting. Um, that's my kind of cookies. splurgy treat that I keep around. Um, Healthy-wise, depends on the time of year. I'm... I'm I'm a bit of a fruit snob, and not that the I will only eat it in season, but I will only eat it when it's good, <laughs> um, which often means in season, although I'm learning to can things. So my options for healthy fruit and pickle uh, snack type things may be increasing. I made pickles today. It was very smelly and delicious. <laughs> smelly in a good way, just, you know, yeah. pungent. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do I, oh, yeah. I don't know. I keep, Chinese food, hot sauce. I have okay. I have lots and lots of hot, like the hot mustard sauce from. <laughs> that's because you never eat it. That doesn't count. Well, that's the only thing I got around on a regular basis, though. I mean. Yeah. Well, I know you used to be a big like a Taco Bell guy. Well, it's so much that you kept no, snacks around is that no. you stopped at Taco Bell every time you came over. Well, that was only because I was coming over. Okay. I didn't actually eat it all that much. It was okay. just when I was coming over. I, I think there was oh, one Taco time you Bell. came over with thirty tacos. I shared them. Yeah, That's that was true. terrifying. <laughs> tacos. I was like, what, what are you going to do with all these? Not eating them, that's for sure. Um, I I, no, I don't keep anything in my home, really. I mean, other than I've always got veggies of some kind in, my, in the bottom of the fridge, but I don't keep, like, snack crackers or chips or stuff like that. I don't buy them, so. Good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. You should keep doing that. Yeah. Keep, keep not buying things. Yep. Amy. Um, usually there is an assortment of cookie or cracker in the house. Um, also, however, there's almost always juice and carbonated water to have <laughs> okay, fuzzy juice. 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 Fuzzy yes. juice. That is, fuzzy orange juice is one of the best things ever. That, okay, that, that, okay, juice boxes. <laughs> juice, juice boxes. boxes. I keep juice boxes. When they're given to me. For me, I, I don't really it's buy any kind of snacky snacks. I just will often just eat a handful of dry cereal. Because I buy like the super sweet, totally bad for you, frosted mini weeds or whatever. And if I need a snack, I'll just reach in and grab a handful and stuff them in my mouth. And then realize it was a bad idea because there's a bunch of dry, flaky grossness in my you mouth. You do love granola bars. Yeah, but I never buy them. I, we don't keep them in the house. Well, because they don't get kept in the house. I mean, <laughs> That's true. they get eaten as fast as granola we bars buy are them. Good. Yeah. All right. Emily from the West Coast, have you changed your favorite color ever? And if so, why? Like when you were a kid, did yes. you love pink and now you love blue? So when I was about 10, um, I it was a lizard in a play. It was very awesome. There are pictures. Um, and I painted my face green and had a whole like head to toe green costume with the most amazing tail ever. And so I told everybody that my favorite color was green for years. My favorite color was green. But it was a lie. <laughs> I was actually embarrassed of my favorite color. Which was yellow? Orange. Orange, okay. Orange is my favorite color. But people thought it was And then Legally Blonde stupid. came out, and there was that quote about whoever 
said that orange was a new pink is seriously deranged. Yeah, I actually don't remember that. I just remember, I remember realizing in middle school that I was lying when I told people that green was my favorite color and that I had been in denial. I had been embarrassed, literally embarrassed that orange was my favorite color. Wow. I so feel like this like should my be an MTV personal show. admission yeah. yes. on a podcast. color though. <laughs> I love orange. We need to get you on Maury and confess. I love orange. I love orange. I've been hiding <laughs> it all these years. Oh God, why? Has anybody else ever changed? I have never. I <laughs> liked blue when I was really little. And then I changed to yellow for a long time because I had a yellow jacket. And that was my first pun at the age of four. Um, yellow I jacket. Guess I, a yellow jacket. A yellow jacket. Ha 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 ha. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was four. Okay. Um, That's a really good pun. And for a four-year-old. And then about halfway through college, I was forced to wear pink for a sorority thing. And I had not, I'd been avoiding pink like the plague. Um, having been the firstborn daughter of a whole generation. And my dad said, oh, that makes your complexion look really nice. Oh, what do you know? And then it became a thing, and my hair was pink, and I have pink jackets and pink socks. No, it would be right worse now, than yeah. that. You had a pink cell phone, a pink digital camera, a pink I did iPod. not have a pink yes, you camera. Did. Yeah, the waterproof one. No, it's green. Is it? It's oh, because you wanted a pink one and couldn't find it. There was no pink one. Okay. Yeah, she looked, though. I, I think she did. I'm sure I did. <laughs> You had a pink iPod. I currently have a pink phone. Ta-da! Yeah, you Second went, you went overboard. It was pretty bad. I, but it looks good on me. Oh, man. The hair is purple right now, All which right. I'm not keen on. I think it's going back to pink. How about you just make it brown again? <laughs> Boring. All right, you too. Um, <laughs> color my, my color's always been green um, because I like, you know, I'm, when I was little, I liked nature and stuff and there's also a color called kelly green so I, you, know, you kind of can't not you can't not when yeah. you're a narcissistic yeah. choice yes. <laughs> exactly yeah amy um i think when i was really little that i felt obligated to like pink and purple but i really liked blue for a long time and as i got older and figured out that i didn't have to like pink and purple i liked blue a lot more um and for a while, that was the only thing I liked and the only color I wore. And then I figured it's out true. other she colors. true. She wore blue for, I think, two years solid. <laughs> wow. wow. Nothing <laughs> better blue. than all black. Yes. That yeah. does very little for anyone. <clears throat> so what, I think what we've learned here is that the Williams girls are inconstant. Yes. 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 And or liars. Dirty, dirty, I dirty lying to themselves. It's all right. So for me, <laughs> as a kid, my favorite color was green. But in high school, when I started to love cars... My favorite color became silver, which most people would say isn't a color, but cars are painted silver. And I know that's like a weird hybrid. That's my favorite color like, for a car. So but yeah, yeah, like yeah. Porsches and, and, and nice European cars and silver M3s and stuff. Plus, so if you get good. a silver car, you never have to wash it. Ever. Yes. White also <laughs> the M- never. The MR2, I never washed it. I didn't. I hardly ever washed my Mazda. It was always looked clean. It was beautiful. All right. Next question. From oh, Danielle. We better, we better get close. I know. No, we got All two right. left. Right. Danielle in Sacramento. Why do people wear leopard print? Is it a return to tribalness meant to indicate the strength and ferocity to kill leopards? And if so, why don't guys wear it? 1970s. It's, it's 1970s. We have a friend who is in love with leopard print. Yeah. My sister, zebra stuff everywhere. So, But it's not the 70s. This I, is 40 I, years removed. I could give you a, a serious answer if you want one. Fine. Bring down the podcast. I, I, so, honestly, I, I think that there is... So the, the notion of exoticism and the idea that that people, particularly Westerners who are very kind of entrenched in an urban environment, see things that are wild and natural and 
from very far away as being exotic and cool and mysterious, completely ignoring the, you know, deep inappropriateness, the of inappropriateness, well, or the, the, the deep cultural heritage of things. I mean, I think that the leopard print is exactly the same as people who are unnecessarily into, you know, far tribal Eastern tattoos. stuff, tribal tattoos, stuff that they're, they're taking a part of someone else's heritage and using it as their own fashion statement to prove how cool they are. I don't think everyone's like that. I mean, our, like Luke said, we have a friend who loves animal prints and I think that she just likes it and she would never say, oh, I'm totally into exoticism and, you know, like <laughs> oppressing people um, by taking advantage of their cultural heritage. But I do think that in our society, there is that sense that stuff that is from far away is automatically cooler than the stuff we have here because it's mysterious. Okay. I don't know. Because, I mean, I get a lot of, like, women in their 40s and up. It's never guys. Who can, guys never, ever guys. Never guys. But women in the rough, usually around their 40s and up come into the credit union where I work and... and a lot of them have some kind of animal print. And well, I I'll tell it you, looks really tacky. I recently and went it, to JCPenney's, Kohl's, and Macy's in like one day and realized that all of the blouses, or a fair number of them, in the women's section were clearly being bought by the same fashion blind Midwestern housewife because. There were overstated animal prints, large, bold colors, which are not flattering on those types of women, for the most part. They're not. And no. it's like, oh, well, you know, this is looking really good on, on the runway or on the 18-year-olds who are wearing a tiny little slice of it on their miniature bodies. <laughs> so let's take it and add <laughs> And explode and it all ruffles. over my everything. And yes. Ugh. And so they're yes. like trying to, it could be anything. I mean, it was denim in the 80s. I was going to say, we lost the animal print, but the, the, if, we're, if we're talking about animal print on, you know, middle-aged women. It's who, about the trying to be like the young kids. Yeah, there is that, for sure. Yeah. Thoughts? I, fabric. I work somewhere, someplace that sells fabric. And the biggest question that we get is, do you have animal print. Do you have animal print in this kind of fabric or that kind of fabric? And we don't. And some of that is our suppliers and some of that is our buyers of what they think people are actually wanting. But I think people want animal print because someone has told them that it's cool. They've seen it used subtly and as an accent in some way and they want to replicate that or they, they genuinely like it. And, and I and don't think it's wrong itself. to like it. I think, though, that as a culture, we take advantage of our access to stuff that isn't really ours. And that animal print is reflective of that as a culture. Well, I don't see a lot of Africans running around with, you know, salmon tattoos. <laughs> that is true. Not a lot of salmon tattoos in Africa. <laughs> that I'm aware of. All right. All right. Last. If question. you are living in Africa, please send pictures of your salmon tattoo. Yes, please. Even do. if you aren't, I want to see salmon tattoo pictures. Uh, last question. Transitioning into the next episode of the podcast. This is from Bob in Seattle. Uh, what are you willing to wait in line for at PAX? At least an hour uh, this year. The, the journey. Yeah, you wait sure. an hour for journey. Yep, I wait for journey. I would wait for. 
Oh, you know what? If the last guardian is there, I'm not going to even touch it because. Yep. I, avoid. I'm not even going to avoid that one. Yeah. Um, oh, and I just found out, um, that game company is going to be having a luncheon on Saturday. We're nice. Going. We're going. Okay. Yes. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. All right. Anyways, we'll yeah. see the other person is going. Day of the Tentacle. Not going to happen. Not there. <gasps> well, then nothing. You, have, I, nothing. you have no Civ Five this year. I didn't play Civ Five last but year. But you could have. I mean. Uh, but I would have had to wait in line for an hour, and I decided it wasn't worth it. So no no games are worth an hour of wait. In general, I'm only willing to wait an hour in line when it's something you want to play. Okay. Because I... I I'll get in line for something if the line is short and it's something I want to play. Otherwise, I wait in line for an opportunity to interview you afterwards. Those are usually the... yeah. There are, there are many games this year that are right up my alley. Uh, something like Battlefield 3 or Trine 2 uh, that would be really compelling, but I don't think an hour wait would be worth it for those games. However, if they have Borderlands 2... Oh, at this thing. Yeah. We are getting in line and we're getting t-shirts. I got it. Oh, also, uh, PlayStation Vita. Mm. I've heard that the screen on that thing will blow any iPod, iPhone, any ha- any screen you've ever seen out of the water. Sweet. It's a brand new uh, AMOLED screen. Better than anything you've ever seen. Awesome. So, And just be able to play with a new PlayStation Portable. Um, a new toy. Which I probably won't own. But still, I think for the PlayStation Vita and Borderlands 2, I would wait an hour. Or more. So... That'd be awesome. Okay, so speaking of which, PAX is this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's a good chance that episode 19 of the podcast will be an entire PAX show. I think we've got a great recorder now. Amy has made us a fun little wind sock to go on the top. And Melissa last year proved that she's capable of great questions and interview tactics. On the fly. Yeah. Yeah. So we could easily put together an hour show from PAX, um, which I think is what we will do. Uh, that should be up next Wednesday, a week from when this one goes up, just because it's going to be a short A edit. special. A special. And then that following Saturday, uh, Jackie and Scott will be visiting from Minnesota. So we will have the real Next in the Room podcast up on September 7th, and it should be great. We are going to talk about the great Portland versus Seattle debate. Uh, we all know that Seattle is better, but what? But, but Jackie and Scott lived in Portland for some years, so they'll be fighting there. We're going to talk about Top Gear, you know, the, the TV car show from England and the terrible one from America. Uh, and then a special science topic that is sure to get Scott and I into a fist fight. So you're definitely going to want to check out episode 20 of the podcast. Until then, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we've got our own page, facebook.com slash TNS podcast. We've got an email address. Uh, people have been writing into that. It's been great. TNS podcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Um, you can follow Kelly and I on Twitter. We're not going to give out those names again. If you know about us, you know about us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Anything else? Shout is the out. survey still up? Sh- survey is still up. If people want to take it, it's tinyurl.com slash TNSP survey. Feedback. TNSP feedback. Carly, it was great to have you on. Finally, after years. years. Is this really the first time? Yes. Yeah. Really? So we had you on once before. No, that was took, Noah. It took 18 oh. episodes. Oh, wow. All right. I've been present during setup and editing. Oh, that's and right. Okay. In yeah. the long months in between podcasts, I was here before Melissa. Um, I think her organization has lent Luke more focus. So, we are still terrible about time. I love it. This is we are just. We should just make this a ninety-minute show. Every I really think we should because it's it's what we're hitting. Once you get into it, like you just want to talk about. Things. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we might discuss the sixty-minute time limit. And I know people wanted sixty minutes, but if we're, you we're okay, them, as right, listeners, yeah. 
If you think 60 minutes is not long enough to get the full awesomeness from us, let us know, because we can revise this. And if you only want to listen for 60 minutes, just hit the stop button. And then you have a little bonus 30, like, the next day. Yes, yeah. yes. Don't, don't overindulge. <laughs> All right. And with that, we'll see you again next week, hopefully with a show from PAX. Peace. Mm -hmm.